In this conversation, we are going to discuss what the metabolism is, why it's not broken, but simply doing its job to keep us alive. And we're going to talk about the factors that influence metabolism and weight loss. And I'm going to share with you our three-step metabolic solution to long-term weight loss and body composition change. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. From the years 2005 to 2016, possibly the largest informal weight loss study ever was run on obese individuals. Now, each participant was enrolled in a 30-week weight loss challenge whose methods included extreme exercise and starvation dieting as a means to lose as much body weight as possible during that time. Now, each week they'd weigh in and assess progress. And the kicker is that their entire journey was filmed and aired on national television. And do you guys know what I'm talking about? You probably have guessed that I'm referring to the TV show, The Biggest Loser, which if you've paid attention, has given us a harsh yet valuable look at the metabolic repercussions of extreme dieting and exercise tactics on long-term weight loss. So if you weren't aware, in a 2016 study published in the Journal of Obesity, researchers followed 14 contestants during and after one season of the, the show, The Biggest Loser, and contestants experienced drastic weight loss, right? They lost an average of more than 100 pounds each. But by the final weigh-in, contestants' leptin levels, and leptin is a hunger signaling hormone, had plummeted so that they had very little of the hormone, rendering them constantly hungry. They also had what was quoted as a slow metabolism. In other words, their thyroid function, the thyroid which governs metabolism and many other bodily functions had slowed down. So over the following six years, the combined effects of these hormonal changes conspired to make the contestants regain much, if not all, of the weight that they lost. Remember, they lost over 100 pounds each. Now, six years later, had regained much, if not all, of the weight they'd lost, and for some more. Right? But the truly shocking part was that their leptin and metabolism levels never rebounded to what they had been before the show. In fact, the more weight a contestant lost, the worse his or her slow metabolism became. So this explains why weight regain was inevitable, even though they were eating less food than ever before. So they were eating less food than ever before and still regained all of that weight. So let me ask you this. If the answer to weight loss is to eat less and exercise more, as virtually every diet and exercise program would suggest, then why were this loser contestants successful, right? And if we now clearly know there are negative metabolic implications to this type of dieting methodology, then why is the dieting industry perpetuating these ineffective weight loss tactics? 
right? You and I both know it's all about the money, but beyond that, it's because no one is listening to what the science is actually telling us about how our body responds to diet and exercise and what we should be doing to actually listen to what the body's trying to tell us. Now, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ben Brown and I'm the owner here at BSL Nutrition. We are an online fitness and nutrition coaching company that creates realistic and sustainable weight loss programs by helping you change your belief system around what it means to be healthy. In this particular case, it means acknowledging that the weight loss strategies that you've tried in the past, despite it working for a period of time, actually haven't worked if you've gained the weight back. So real talk, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And this is the very essence of our current diet culture. So let's talk metabolism and how we are going to get out of this perpetual dieting roller coaster. Now, one of the best ways that I've found to describe the metabolism is similar to that of a thermostat. Now, if you've ever lived in Arizona during a summer, uh, you could probably appreciate the importance of the thermostat to sense rising home temperatures and obviously adjust accordingly by switching on and shutting off the air conditioning to maintain whatever temperature we have as our, our set point. Okay, so one of my mentors, Dr. Jay Tita, he often describes the metabolism as a stress barometer. It's, it's this internal mechanism that's continually surveying both the external and the internal environments to determine how to maintain balance, how to maintain homeostasis. What it would be sensing is, is the weather getting cold or warm outside? Is my, my ambient temperature cold or warm? Are calories available? What types of calories are we consuming? Are we consuming more whole food calories, more processed food calories? Are we getting enough sleep or are we sleep deprived? How much and what type of exercise are we doing? What's going on with our emotional state and our stressors, right? And what are the things that sense these environments? right? Our eyes, our ears, uh, our taste all create this unique thermostat that translates what's going on from the outside world to our cells, which respond by initiating appropriate hormonal responses. Similarly, our internal environment also sends signals to our cells from our muscles, from our body fat, from our, from our gut health, from our brain, and even from our thoughts and from our emotions. So a lot of these internal mechanisms revolve around blood sugar regulation. They revolve around blood pressure regulation. They revolve around hydration levels and cellular function. They revolve around our stress hormones. And so the, the metabolism is this combination of all of these sensory mechanisms whose primary responsibility is survival right? It's survival. And as much as we'd like to look great in our bikini for that beach vacation, if our metabolism senses danger, it's going to respond in ways that may not be favorable in losing weight, like storing body fat, reducing energy expenditure, increasing appetite, and so on and so forth. So if I'm trying to keep the house at a cool 69 degrees and my kids keep leaving the patio door open when it's 117 outside, it's going to be very difficult to keep that house cool, right? And 
not only that, I'm going to be expecting a significant electric bill. So this is not unlike how the body responds to unexpected, unrealistic, and overly aggressive levels of exercise and dieting. So now that we have a deeper physiological understanding of what the metabolism does, let's try and bring this back to real world scenarios and how our metabolism could be negatively affected by our dieting and exercise behaviors because i think this is where the majority of us start to get into trouble is not just our acute short-term behaviors but when we think about dieting and exercise over the long term over our life cycle and and potentially how many times we've yo-yo dieted and and lost and gained that same 10 20 30 pounds over the years we can start to understand the implications that have been created with our metabolic function. So here we are, right? We're, we're about three weeks post New Year, which finds many people grinding through their New Year's resolutions of losing weight. And what do most people do when they want to lose weight? When we come through the new year, January 1st, I have New Year's weight loss resolutions. What do most people do? Well, not dissimilar to the biggest losers. They drastically cut calories and aggressively ramp up exercise. What does that usually look like? Well, specifically, it's cardio-based exercises like circuit-style boot camp classes and spin classes and, and Peloton and longer distance running and all of these cardio-intensive uh, types of exercises. And just like the biggest losers, we typically see some nice short-term weight loss. However, there's a reason January 19th is also known as Quitter's Day because it's when most people end up ditching their New Year's resolutions. And why is that? Well, obviously, based on what we discussed with the metabolism, what happens when we push the body's thermostat too far in one direction. Naturally, it's going to push back. Now, whether that takes three weeks, three months, or even three years, it's going to eventually push back when it senses that we are creating some level of starvation or when the metabolism needs to go into survival mode. So for many, this looks like increases in hunger and cravings, decreased satiety, low libido, brain fog, low energy and lethargy, and likely a foul mood to boot. And now let's add insult to injury, right? Even if you're able to white knuckle your way through the low energy and the cravings, what we typically see when these types of under eating and over exercise methods are practiced for too long is a significant reduction in muscle mass. And this is what most people don't realize. In other words, for many, a significant percentage of weight that was lost was in fact not body fat, but muscle mass instead. So despite the weight change we see on the scale, we just ended up with a smaller version of where we were when we started. Our body composition hasn't necessarily changed. Yes, we've lost scale weight, but we've also lost a considerable amount of lean muscle tissue. And that is very, very problematic. Remember, the body cares about survival. So when it perceives a threat like low calorie deprivation and overly aggressive exercise, it's going to do 
everything possible to slow down our rate of fat loss because body fat is essential for survival. It does this by slowing down our resting metabolic rate or the rate at which we burn calories. So even though we're eating less, we're also burning less. It also slows down our NEAT, which is an acronym for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is our daily non-structured activity. This is like what I always do with my hands when I'm talking. This is this us just fidgeting, the people that you know, or maybe it's you that just fidgets constantly on a daily basis, that can't sit still, just getting up and sitting down and having the, the uh, propensity to just move around. It slows these mechanisms down. It also can slow down our cognitive function, our digestive processes, and even people who have been dieting for a long period of time, they can even end up talking slower, right? This is, these are all of the implications that we have a very hard time quantifying by virtue of our metabolic processes trying to just create a level of survival for our body when it's put in these stressful or perceived stressful situations. Even though we know we're not starving our body to death, the brain doesn't acknowledge that we just want to look shredded, right? So, so now we've starved ourselves into losing body fat, but also a good portion of valuable lean muscle tissue. Our hunger's through the roof, our energy is non-existent. And what happens? Well, our willpower only goes so far and eventually we just say, screw it. And we go back to our old eating behaviors. What happens when we do that? Obviously we gain the weight back, but not only are we starting back at square one, when we gain the weight back, what do we gain? Now our body composition is even worse because we gained back body fat not that hard-earned muscle tissue that we burned in the first place. So now our body composition is even worse. And the real kicker is that our metabolism is now slower than before. I hope that resonates with you guys here. Why is it slower? Because the muscle mass is a powerful metabolic tissue that has a myriad of physiological benefits, namely burning more calories at rest. Muscle mass helps us manage our blood sugar. It helps us produce energy. Just having that much uh, metabolically active tissue helps us burn more calories, like I said, at rest. So in other words, for two identical twins, assuming the same daily eating and exercise behaviors, the one with more muscle mass is going to likely have a faster metabolism, which means they can burn more fat while eating more calories, but also eat more without gaining fat. There's a profound difference between weight loss and fat loss. And your eating and your exercise behaviors determine how your metabolism drives these two very different physiological mechanisms. For many, they'd experience this weight regain, right? What would happen? They'd wallow in their self-pity, guilt, shame, frustration, only to end up going down the same road again and again and again, only this time with a different diet. Instead of, of fasting, they're doing keto. And instead of bars, they're doing juice fasts, whatever. They do a different exercise plan and would have some sense of renewed determination and blind faith that this time is going to be different, except 
What do we know now based on the metabolism? It's not. It's not different when we put our body in this situation. And this is the perfect example of why eating too little can actually make us fatter. So instead, the solution lies in acknowledging that we must support the metabolism with the right amount of food and types of food for our individual body or individual body type, our individual physical exercise needs, our behaviors, our lifestyle, our pre-existing habits, and so on and so forth. And this is where we have a very clear three-part kind of metabolic process that we use to help ensure that we are supporting clients' metabolism through their physiological changes. Step one is what we call metabolic restoration. And this is our individual process of helping you eat more of the right types of calories to help you lose body fat and to help you improve your body composition. It's not uncommon for us to start to work with clients that are significantly under eating, significantly under eating, and by virtue of us actually getting them to eat more of the right types of foods, we actually see a reduction in weight and a significant improvement in body composition, right? That's completely against what we would hear in the mainstream, except that it happens. And as much as I would like to say, it's all about calories in and calories out, we know very clearly there's a lot more to that. And frankly, this is what most programs miss as we not only dive into calorie intake, but also we make sure we're focused on ensuring that we're supporting the metabolism by paying attention to not just calories and not just types of food, but also biofeedback, right? Things like hunger, energy, cravings, mood, libido, digestion, cognitive function. By listening to these body signals, then we can get all of the information that we need uh, to back you out, potentially back you out of this metabolic decline and continue to drive progress, right? The metabolism compensates for a reason. We need to identify why it's doing what it's supposed to do and start to implement the fundamental drivers to put you in a position to thrive. And this is also where the type of training that you're doing makes a significant difference so that we can work to build lean muscle mass or at the very least maintain it as you lose body fat. Because the worst thing that we can do is put you in a position where you're losing weight, but you're also losing a tremendous amount of muscle mass, especially as we get older, my friends, because what we know about muscle mass is every year, and what used to be after the age of 30, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stretch and say, even after the age of 20 now with how sedentary people are, we actually lose muscle mass year after year after year if we're not doing anything to strategically make sure that we're putting on new lean muscle tissue. Why is that problematic? Well, now we know because muscle's so metabolically active and important, not only is it important for burning body fat, for, for having energy, for having strength, but we know very clearly that muscle mass is so strongly correlated to mortality, meaning the people that have the most muscle mass to a degree and who are the strongest to a degree live the longest. So that means quality of life and it also means longevity.
And so it's so important that what happens with most people is over the age of 30, we're losing muscle mass, but we're gaining body fat. So weight stays the same or weight increases, but you're gaining more and more and more body fat year after year after year. That's why we need to strength train. And that's step two uh, of the metabolic improvement comes from structured and progressive strength training. This will help you actually change your body shape, change your energy and your metabolic health. This is when it doesn't become so much around what we see on the scale, but how your clothes are fitting what your measurements show, what your energy levels are like, what your performance looks like, how strong you feel, how capable you feel, how confident you feel. And possibly of most importance is step three, which is to ensure that everything we do together revolves around sustainability so that you don't ever have to feel miserable dieting again. Because let's be honest here, if it sucks, you're not going to do it. So we work with you and your food preferences and your readiness for change and your existing lifestyle and your specific goals to help it suck a lot less. And this means ensuring that you have plenty of things you want. You get date nights and, and social events and alcohol when you want and foods you enjoy, which will ensure that the process stays realistic so that it stays sustainable and that so that you can continue to make progress forever. That's key here. You're getting a firsthand look at some of the tools that we employ to establish your individual baseline, right? To work to improve the quality of nutrients that you're consuming and focusing on exercising smarter, not necessarily harder, to help you start to feel better, to sleep better, to eat more of the right things so that you can train your body and your metabolism to burn hotter, which is ultimately what we want. We want to fuel you like an athlete. We want you to perform and look like an athlete, not like a dieter. And that's why it's pivotal that we change our belief system around what it means to be healthy, what it means to lose weight, to lose body fat, and how we do that by virtue of actually eating more of the right types of foods and training in a way that actually builds the body up instead of breaking it down. Now, naturally, this takes time, it takes effort, it takes long-term commitment. So if this is something that you uh, feel might be a good fit for you and your long-term health and physique goals, then shoot me a message, right? You can hit me here on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on email. It's not uncommon for our clients to lose 20 to 30 pounds of body fat while getting stronger, eating more calories, and maintaining their long-term health and metabolic function. So if you found yourself in this dieting roller coaster, if you perpetually lost and gained and you're feeling frustration with, with all of the current strategies that you've employed, despite the fact that they worked, but only for a short period of time, then it's time to flip the script. And it's time to start to focus on long-term sustainable change, which obviously we can help you with, with our pure science proven results process. Just three of the uh, metabolic strategies that I shared with you today. So I hope that um, sheds some light on the metabolism, on this, this timely topic, on this buzzword and what it really means, because it is an extremely comprehensive physiological system that doesn't just break overnight, right? This is the product of years of damage per se, of years of neglect, of years of potentially under eating and over exercising in ways that 
stresses the body out to the degree that the metabolism has no other choice but to compensate, but to downregulate, but to adapt in a way that makes the most sense to keep us alive. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and um, I'll catch you guys in the next video. If you have any questions about this, just post them in the comments below and I'll make sure to address those. Have a great rest of your week, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 